Uh, let's take a few deep breaths. If you can join with me, hand on your heart, tuning in. And as we tune in, we express our gratitude for this blessed opportunity to be together. And we feel our circle much larger than those of us who are here. We extend it out to all of our brothers and sisters in masterful living and to the one. And we know that this sacred joining is powerfully healing, expansive, clarifying, and truly, truly helpful. We are grateful to our teacher and our guide, Jennifer Hadley, for bringing us together in so many different ways for our healing, allowing our individual journeys to join. And so we allow the power of this joining to heal us and to help us to open us. And we trust in the perfect unfoldment of this conversation as we attune to our higher self, allowing our higher self to guide our every, our every word, our every thought, our every choice in this time. And so we receive this blessing, we share this blessing with deep gratitude. Amen. Great. So we're here again. Thank you for coming. Uh, we're here to join and move through some of the material, but what's also been helpful is just to have this space to, to converse and to share and to ask questions to the group. And um, it's always so helpful when we bring whatever our experience is. It's, it, it, frees other people to know they're not alone in their feelings and their experience. And so we're just here to support each other. And there's really, you know, there is an agenda, but there isn't. So if there's ever something you're feeling called to say or ask or share, um, please feel free. Please feel free. So, yay. So does anyone want to start out with a question or a comment before we go into our material and our breakouts? Does anyone have anything kind of on their heart they'd like to bring to the group today? Betty, I will go ahead, yeah. Betty. Yeah, I just finished mastery class, so uh, I roll in from the one in the other one. So maybe I stop earlier because it's a long time. Yeah, you understand? Of course. So I'm sorry for that, but uh, yeah? it's okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think that's a good point that we learned that whatever we can do, we can focus on what we can do and be grateful for what we can do and not needing to do anything. You know, we still need to eat and go to the bathroom and have a life. So it's okay. <laughs> but just, just feel free. And I think that Jennifer has that rule too. If you can't go to the whole class, but you can listen to it on the phone or that's been my experience is just loosening this idea of, I have to do it a certain way. It's really helpful my whole life. Anyone else? Yes, Penelope, go for it. You're unmuted. Can I ask, where about, um, can I read a copy of the Credo? Oh, wonderful. For the mastery circles, you mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, we can make sure. Um, who is your facilitator? Um, Diane and Philip. Oh, Diana and Philip. So. And I've asked. Hey. They, I don't. Um, I don't think they were sure where to get a copy to read. So if you have any issues getting that, you can email Sheila or I, but we can make sure you can get a copy of that, Penelope. No problem. Thank you. Sure. Any other business before we start? Anything at all? All right. Well, then let's roll up our sleeves, okay? And uh, we're gonna go into some other sections that we haven't done yet in our, uh, in our homework classes, just so that if you, um, we're trying to use the homework class for opportunity to get to some of the material you haven't or to have a chance to talk about the material that you've done. So I'm thinking that we haven't done in the homework class, we haven't done the inventory list, which in some of the other classes we did get to. Now, I don't think Masterful Living won because you did the visioning. So page six, we had a chance in some of the levels to go through the inventory. Page six is the list of repeating memories. Um, And what was helpful when we went through this in our class is just to look at the repeating memories we wrote down. Uh, those of you who maybe it's your first year in Masterful Living, you don't necessarily have another list to compare to, but it's to kind of look at these things that you wrote down for things that you identify as repeating memories of resentment, regret, guilt, anger, and so forth. Maybe just to think about how long those things have been there for you, if you have a sense of it. How long have, have those repeating experiences um, been in your awareness, kind of bothered you? So we've got that list to talk about, and then um, there are a few questions. Right underneath it says, uh, what percentage of your energy do you invest in these memories? So there's kind of a lot you could talk about looking at what's on the list, what feels like very old, heavy, maybe repeating things for a while now. And, and at this stage, if, if you ask Spirit at, when you did this worksheet, how much of your energy is going toward recycling these memories? So we're going in. We're, we're going to go right in. So we have lots that you can talk about. Remember, you're always free to share what feels comfortable and uh, and so we'll break out, unless somebody has a question about this. Any questions before we just kind of go forth and talk about it? And your group will always help you. If you don't have your worksheets in front of you or, or you just can kind of talk extemporaneously about it, feel free. So it's page six with the, the smaller packet. So last moment, any questions on this? Okay. Then I'll break you out, and then if you have questions, it might be more comfortable to share in the smaller group. So feel free to do that. Wonderful. Welcome back. We have Felipe joined us since uh, we broke out. 
and uh, yeah, thank you guys for um, for coming back. You had no choice, but here you are. <laughs> so, anybody have anything to share? What what came up in your group? Any ahas? Just unmute yourself or raise your hand, whatever you need, or on the phone, star nine. Uh, we we were just sharing that uh, some of us sometimes feel sadness. And uh, we feel sadness, we try to figure out where it comes from, what it is, and so on. And uh, myself, uh, last summer, for quite a, several months, I was very sad, and I never knew why. And uh, uh, Carolyn felt that she is very sad now. And uh, I just said that... I never knew and I realized later that possibly it was the sense of the state of the, the st situation or the state of the United States, you know, politically and this big uh, upheaval, people are against each other and not accepting each other and so on. And I, in hindsight, I think that was partially a deep, effect in me and it showed up in my heart you know i, I reflected that sadness but um, i i cannot say so about uh, about uh, uh caroline and i'm not claiming to know what others feel like but i'm just saying these things they they take a toll on us sometimes and for me it healed it really healed uh, by praying to the I am presence, which is has is the presence of God in me, and especially that the I am presence is the light of my soul, and I pray that every day I still do, and it is very helpful. Great, thank you for sharing that comments, feedback, anything. Just to speak to Anne-Marie and also about that Anne-Marie um, and the rest of the group. Um, I um, sent a question in on one occasion to Jennifer and I was referring to this sa a sadness and a, and a very deep sorrow that I can go in and out of. Um, and I know that on, in some of the either sacred circle or um, in other things I've listened to with Jennifer, she refers to often the sadness is, um, or it can be to do with um, either this life or actually past lives. Um, and the sadness at all, the kind of like, I guess, I suppose the, the opportunities we've missed to do the healing in, in previous lifetimes. And last week I was going in and out a lot of sadness again, a lot of sorrow. And at first I thought it was to do with the death of my mother because my mother only just passed um, in December. And then I realized it, it actually wasn't to do with my mother. It was a deep sadness, but there was no one thing that it was um, kind of linked to or related to. And I, and I suspect that this sadness that, that I'm going in and out of is to do with not just this life, it's many, many lives because there's no specific thing I can relate it to. Um, 
So I just wanted to share that. I don't know if it helps you or not, but just to share that for everyone. Oh, great sharing. Thank you. Thank you. What just came to me as I heard both of you talking, because I've felt that sadness for years and uh, I always attributed it to this lifetime, but since being in masterful living and getting more connection reestablished, I am aware for me just now from this discussion that, that, that it's at least partly like an awareness of the eons of time that I've been disconnected from spirit and from the truth of who we are. And that, that, that is so much of that depth of sadness because it's this longing for what some part of us knows as truth that we've forgotten. <clears throat> that I'm now remembering and that I have been remembering for a long time it seems like this work is helping uh, catapult it, if you will, to remember that, you know, we're made all those spiritual qualities. That's who we are. And as I've remembered that and allowed more of that to come through, I have had much less sadness when I used to. And I'm grateful for the group and the dialogue and that that can come to my awareness. Thank you, everybody. I'd like to say, Deb, that's so helpful, the way you shared that. And I noticed that, you know, as we look at these lists and as we feel the feelings, just the other day, I had another experience because my desire is to open my heart, especially with my husband, because sometimes I open up and I used to want him to respond very certain way, like with emotion and compassion. And sometimes I open up and he'll just leave the room and say, okay, because he doesn't know what to do. And then I'm there with my exposed heart. Another day, just let myself cry, like, because the thought comes that he doesn't care, and the thought comes that I don't, but that's not true, but I just sat with the feeling, I felt the feeling, and at the same time, I said to myself, I'm right here, it's okay, I'm proud of you, I'm right here, so this is a very new thing for me to know what to do with the feeling, everyone has to do it their way. But I am so grateful for this class to teach me, not even to teach me, to let me come to learn how I'm going to deal with it, how I, what, because I am feeling the feelings and I'm going past the desire to protect my heart and to expose my heart. And then as that feels so scary and overwhelming, I'm also learning how to self-lovingly be with myself with it. And... And then I'm quite, un I'm able to move forward. Like, I don't know, it's, but it's quite an amazing journey. So that just made me want to share that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
that's helpful for me because that's kind of the experience I went through at the end of the last quarter of last year was I, I didn't want my heart to be protected anymore. I wanted to connect and I had built a wall three feet thick and locked the door, slammed it and bolted it and put furniture up against it and all of that, you know, and it was like, this is not working. <laughs> and yet when I did open it, it was very vulnerable and, you know, because we're not used to being that authentic or I'm not, I haven't been for a long time. And so to hear your process was really good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Diane. Yeah, thanks everyone for sharing. And um, uh, it's uh, your process, Angela, that you just shared was, was beautiful. And I feel I've been experiencing that a little bit with doing the, uh, well, not a little bit, probably more than a little bit with the, um, doing the forgiveness letters with the repeating memories. So I've done um, three of them so far. And uh, I was sharing with my group that I decided to do three days ago, I decided to do one every morning. So I've done three and, um, and, and there is this resistance to, to going to that place where I have to, and I don't have to, but where I feel the feeling of, of this repeating memory to open my heart, to feel, to, to feel what I felt and to, to be okay with that and kind of walk myself through it with a deep desire, with my intention going forward. Um, so I, I am trying to, uh, to continue with that. And my challenge is the resistance because I think my tendency is to have this sort of spiritual bypass experience and to say, um, to, oh God, please take this memory away. I really don't want it in my energy system anymore. I really don't want to go there, but I'm wondering if, in some at some point in time whether I can think about this memory um say today was guilt um if I can think about this memory of guilt and the the feeling will just kind of come through me a little bit easier a bit more ease and grace with the feeling um, so that I don't feel quite so overwhelmed and devastated um, with each of these um, repeating memories, I still find I get a bit overwhelmed uh, with the emotion that's still tied in with these um, these memories. So explaining your process there was very helpful that um, that I'll think about definitely. Thank you. Yeah, just to follow up, one person asked me this question, which I see it coming to me uh, in different ways. What is it you don't like? What is it you do not wish to feel? And you might already know if you're writing a forgiveness letter around guilt and it feels overwhelming in the circumstance that maybe is specific to it. But I started to see that if we're not willing, if we're not willing to feel it, we can't. It's almost like we can't get to the freedom on the other side of it, that that it won't kill us and it 
So somebody had asked me that, what is it you, you don't want to feel? And when I was like Deb explained so beautifully, when I was guarding my heart, it surprised me to think I didn't want to feel vulnerable, but I didn't want to feel abandoned in my emotions that I'm, um, but then uh, just being willing to feel that. Uh, I don't know. I, I almost would rather be there with my heart gushing and my eyeballs gushing with feelings than closed and hard. That just didn't work for me. So the contrast, the learning through the contrast, it did really encourage me that I'd rather be gushing over than <laughs> hard and concrete and closed. So, so uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, all of you for the shares that you've um, done, Anna Marie and Deb and Diane and Angela, because the what it's bringing up for me is, um, first of all, I, I love the idea of doing a forgiveness letter for each of those things. I think that's something that I'm going to do myself because I know how helpful forgiveness letters have been. And the, um, I would have to say for me, the emotion that I run away from and don't want to feel is anger because it never felt safe for me. But I know the benefits that I receive when I deal with it in a healthy way, like, like writing a forgiveness letter, you know, it may take me a while to get one written because it's something that I'm resisting or trying to avoid, but um, I'm 90% willing, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> so thank you very much. Thank you, Linda. Other shares, other thoughts? Um, as, as everyone's been talking, I realized why it's been so hard for me to bring up everything's because those are the things that I've trapped myself with for so long. Um, and I didn't know how to break through them, but just by being on these calls and talking about them and bringing it up, I'm able to handle them better, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, instead of trying to hide them and stuff them down and put them someplace else. So um, I'm really grateful for this. This conversation here has been very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. Go ahead, Nicole. Um, well, I just wanted to mention something um, that I, I think you said it last week when I listened to the recording that was really helpful. That was about when you notice you're crying, um, it's because, you know, you're believing and that when you're, you, you know, and the, when you're laughing about it, because you're not believing it anymore, I think something to that effect, what you said. And it was also demonstrated really well this week on the Sacred Circle call that I just listened to yesterday, because there were a couple callers that talked about crying and then laughing afterwards and um yeah it was just really helpful and not to be like you know when i'm crying it's not a bad thing that i'm it's just that knowing okay what am i believing here that's not true 
and working through that and, and knowing that that's <clears throat> the cause that I'm believing something that's not true. And then, you know, hopefully on the other side, once I've worked through that and given it up, that it'll just be like a thought will come in and just like, oh, you know, yeah, just laugh it away mm -hmm. instead of having to go into it and, and crying about it. So that's all. So I just wanted to mention that. I don't know why that's been repeating so much in my, in the things I'm hearing, but the crying and the laughing, it's coming up a lot and I can often laugh. So after I, you know, I'm in the situation and I'm professing my heart to my husband and he's like, holy crap, you know, I can actually laugh if I were to watch this as a movie and just be like, the poor guy, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Um, he's doing his best. He's listening. He's like acknowledging what I'm saying, but he has not something to say. So I can laugh pretty quickly, but when I'm in it, no fun really either for me, <laughs> but hmm. it's so dynamic. Uh, well, I think what what happens with me when I'm telling my uh, my partner my uh, sadness or anything, and he doesn't understand, uh, then I feel very lonely. I feel left. And it's not that he doesn't want to, it's, that's not a problem, but I, I can feel the, the distance. You, you don't come close to each other because there is a gap between what I'm telling and his understanding. And that makes me feel very, very lonely. Yeah. yeah. That is, yeah. 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 And sometimes then I am uh, angry because <laughs> yeah. I speak louder to make myself clear. But that does, it doesn't work. It, it's just uh, I have to accept that uh, my partner in this case doesn't, he just doesn't understand. It's, yeah. That's it. And. Um, uh, I can't force him and make him understand me. It's, it's impossible. Yeah. But uh, really, I like to do that. I, I want him to understand me, but it's, it's not, uh, it doesn't always happen. <laughs> but sometimes, and there's it, uh, yeah. And that are important issues, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I I feel about it. I think we all uh, like to be connected with each other, yes. and if we if if you don't feel it, I feel I feel very lonely. Yes. So, yeah. Oh. Go ahead, Anna Marie. Um. I have had this feeling for years, but I have to say somehow it, it is healed now. And for me, it worked by telling myself, I cannot expect the other person 
that that is my husband. I cannot expect him to understand what I see, what I feel, and I just want to accept him that he is not able to. I accept him for that, and I also accept myself that I can still have certain these feelings that I am trying to express and accept myself and be grateful that all is well, just the same. Even though I don't reach that connection that I wish. And I, of course, in my, my case is my partner, the culture, the original culture in which he grew up is very different from my culture. And that of course is, is part of the thing that he cannot see things, certain things. Interestingly, I notice now many things he seems to be able to understand or else at least he can accept it from me. And things are still, for us, are still good. They are, in, in fact, it's a very good situation that I'm in now with him. And I'm very grateful because it was a sorrow for a long time. And it's good. That's all. Thank you. So helpful. Go ahead, Linda. So what came to me while um, Betty and Anna Marie were talking was um, a couple of things. First of all, how how helpful it is when we speak of what we're trying to hide within ourselves because it takes the power away from it. And um, as long as I'm trying to hide what I'm feeling or thinking or where I'm not keeping my word or whatever it is, that has power over me. And the other thing that um, came up for me was um, that feeling of um, when Betty was talking about how she's, you know, trying to have a conversation with her husband about how she feels and he doesn't understand and he just wants to escape and run away or, <laughs> you know, how often... I do that to myself when certain feelings come up that I'm uncomfortable with and I don't want to look at them. And then I leave myself feeling lonely and abandoned and sad. So again, thank you guys for your sharing. Yeah, I just, I was thinking, um, you know, something that I've had a lot of experience as well with thinking that um, my husband sure likes to talk a lot about him and what's going on with his life. But like, I always felt like he never wanted to know what was going on with me. Like I felt like, um, you know, it, whenever I tried to discuss something, he would change the subject or it was just, you know, I didn't feel like I was getting my say and it was all about him, what was going on with him. And what I realized lately is if I want undivided attention, then I have to give undivided attention. And it used to be a lot of me 
he'd go off and start talking about something, you know, in the forum that he's talking about, maybe, you know, repair car repairs or something. I, I don't know about, I don't care about whatever. But, um, so I, you know, would roll my eyes shut down immediately. Like, no, I don't want to hear this, whatever. I don't care. And, um, but then I realized that when I started giving my attention and letting him talk through things, first of all, I would hear the, the content of what he was saying was applicable to me. And a lot of the times it was exactly what I wanted to say, but he was just saying it in a different way. And so it made me think, okay, we are on the same page and I don't need necessarily to have this long conversation with him about what's going on with me because he he does get it and it's there if I just give it my attention and, and listen and he is reflecting back to me the changes that I've made and the ahas that I've had and the way that I see things now um, and that's quite amazing to be hearing it coming out of his mouth and going like oh my god he really does get it and it's a you know reflection of what's going on with me and it was just once I made that commitment that you know, I'm going to stop. And sometimes I still do like, oh my God, enough. Can like you, uh, you know, can I say something? But um, a lot of times now he will ask and I will be able to talk a little bit. And the other times just like, no, I'm going to, if I want undivided attention, then I have to give undivided attention and, um, and to be there in those conversations. And some of those conversations have gotten really, really, truly amazing things. I never thought that I would hear come out of his mouth. Um, and it's just, yeah, that has been very helpful to me to let, you know, stop doing what I was, what I was doing, which, you know, rolling my eyes and not being interested. Cause that's exactly what I was saying that he was doing, you know? So, um, yeah, so I just wanted to share that. Beautiful. Beautiful. As, uh... I've heard different people sharing the book that crossed my mind was something that Jennifer shared at the reboot, uh, New Year's reboot uh, retreat, and it's called Intimate Communion. And in it, it talks about three stages of relationships. And it doesn't matter whether it's man, woman, 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 man, man, doesn't matter. But um, it was so helpful for me to look at that and see where I've been and where I prefer to be. And just very simplistic, simplistically, the first stage is kind of like the 50s version in the United States where the man was a breadwinner, the woman was the housekeeper. The roles were very specified. You didn't really connect except for sex. The second stage was where you came together as partnership and everything was equal. And say, each maybe had their own checkbook and then everybody contributed to the family checkbook and that kind of equal, everything was equal. And then the third stage talks more about intimacy and authentic authenticity and he also talks about the divine masculine or the masculine polar the feminine masculine polarity and uh and that how we can 
have that union, whether we're in relationship with anybody else or just with ourselves. but how, how it comes together more deeply as we evolve. That's my words. Anyway, it's, it's, as I hear you talking about, you know, being more present and being more authentic, that's what he was talking about. And it just, it was rich, rich book. And uh, how we, you know, when we don't share or don't accept, then we're not showing up fully present. So we don't go as deep as what our heart desires. It really helped me see how how I've been, how I want to shift, how I prefer to be. What I've had to learn is to not judge myself because I'll read a book like that. And if I find myself honestly, let's say in the less evolved state, I would feel so bad and wrong. I feel yeah. so threatened by it like just that was my view and even when Jennifer would teach things about relationship I would I, it was hard for me not to conclude that I'm doing it all wrong and I'm so effed up my marriage is effed like I'd have these like strong judgments and um and Anna Marie what you shared yesterday just like this whole thing about letting go of these ways of being where I'm learning because I'm bad and wrong and I have to learn the better way. And it's like, no, <laughs> I, I can't, that, that, ta- that makes me so anxious. Um, so I always have to learn with that softness going on that you're, it's okay where you are. Well, that was a strong thread. it's nice because in class we don't get to talk this much in a way it's like there's some nice long sharing opportunities here Mm -hmm. anybody else want to say anything about this anything at all yes Betty go ahead you're still muted is she okay yes. now? Yeah, yes. Okay. Uh, oh, what, what, what did I want to say? Oh, yes. <laughs> people are, uh, people that I think they know how to educate and think like this and that. Then I very often feel guilty and I think, oh my God, I did all, I did everything wrong. And it, it's, it's crazy because... I don't. I hope I didn't, but I also think I didn't. But when reading this, uh, well, I don't know this book, but I think it's not meant to make me feel guilty or to make me feel that I do things wrong, but to open my eyes and and see how things work. And that's uh, for me. It's a different approach. Uh, do I express myself? Uh, in the right way okay yes. so that's how I try to uh, translate it in a different uh, way so that it is more acceptable for me and that I don't feel longer guilty and I, I did everything wrong I very often have the feeling I did everything 
wrong. But then I take myself by my, uh, how do you say it in English? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Depends what you're picking. Not, yeah. And then uh -huh. I say, that's not meant. People don't mean to, to make us bad, but uh, yeah. That's, that's how I uh, yeah. approach it. Uh, especially with the children. Well, I am uh, older than the mo uh, I am the eldest, I think, and I am grandmother. But uh, well, very often I still think, "Oh my God, like this is all wrong." <laughs> yeah. And when I see my children, I think, "Oh, it's it's okay, it's okay." Mm. Yeah, that's how it uh, how it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I wanted to share about it. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So helpful. And we're lucky. Jennifer will talk a lot about relationship. That'll be a whole module. Um, I know her radio shows kind of focuses on it in the month of February. So if people do listen to her Unity FM radio show. Um, living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Um, if you can find it at Unity FM or you can subscribe to it through podcasts if anyone has any questions about that. Um, so I'm thinking we do another breakout. And my thought is we really covered most of this thing except um, Except the letter portion. So I thought that even if you didn't write the letter, maybe it's just to look at some of the things that the letter is asking of us to look at. So that would, I think that starts on page 20 because we've done the other sections in other homework classes. So if you guys could, um, the other thing I was thinking is, um, yeah, there's the contract page, but we're not quite doing that part yet. Um, we kind of are. We did the visioning in class already. But I think if we go to page 20, and and even if you haven't had a chance to write the full letter, there are like maybe eight bullets here. Um, but I think it would be helpful to be in groups and even to talk about the process if you have done your letter, any just to be able to talk about if we've already done it in other years. Um, so that's my thought, is that we, we break out and just talk about the letter, what you got, what your, any part of it that feels clear, or, or if you have questions. So any questions about that? Page 20? Okay. All right, give me just a moment. Okay, we're back. Hmm. So tell me what I missed. What did you learn? What did you discover? My name is Lynn, and um, I'm in Masterful Living 3, and I was just looking on page 20 and noticing, once again, what those areas in my life, that I, how I want to feel at the end of the year, and one of the things that came to my mind when I was just, I haven't written my letter yet, but I was just looking over the different areas, and something that I noticed in, just in this moment was that on all of the areas, of course, I was looking at myself improving and, and getting better and feeling more comfortable and more freedom and more love and that kind of a thing. 
But what I did notice most of all was that I have really, I, I struggle with not being, being too single focused. Like I will like want to feel a certain way in my body and I will like totally zoom in on my body and take all the time in my day to just focus on my body and leave out the rest of the areas of my life. And then all of a sudden, you know, maybe a month or two will go by and that, that focus will shift and maybe I'll be, my, my attention will be more on my home. Now I want to feel more comfortable in my home. I want to declutter. I want to let go. I want to feel, you know, less getting rid of stuff and I'll focus on that for a while and I'll let go of my body. And then my focus will change again and maybe I'll concentrate and my focus will be more on my creative expression and I'll let go of the body and let go of the home. So it was just interesting for me to see that I, I, it's, it's been a challenge for me to incorporate all of the areas in my life at the same time. It's almost like I focus too much on one and let go of the others and then to bring in that say a different one in and let go of that one. So I'm not sure, you know, I'm looking at it and thinking, you know, what does that mean for me and how can I change that and how can I bring more balance to um, have better time management skills to be able to fit it all in, sort of like those big rocks. Hmm. But that's kind of one of the things that I noticed about myself as, as, a, as I go throughout the year, I tend to put all my focus in one area and let go of the other areas and then switch it off. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, well, that was something. Yeah. I was going to say, you you got a lot of people's heads nodding and moving from what you said. So maybe they're going to share, <laughs> but I, cause you can't see them, Lynn. I wanted to tell you, go for it, Lori. Well, oh, I was going to say, I do that as well. Um, and I have tried to give myself just the grace and knowing that there's a reason for the season. Um, you know, we have seasons in our, in our year and, you know, this time where it's more quiet and, and I'm more at home and I'm less outside and stuff, you know, I, I focus more on something different than when it's summertime and stuff. So, um, you know, I, I don't think I, am quite as extreme as at least you described yourself but um you know i sometimes i just make lists and uh and i may be able to get a couple things in but yeah like when i decide i'm gonna get fit boy i go for it and everything else just <laughs> goes by the wayside until you know until i change my season <laughs> so i understand that well thank you i appreciate that that input Yeah, maybe a list. That that's a good idea. <laughs> and I think another thing for me is just to have that self-love and not feel guilty because I've let one go and and moved on to something else and knowing that eventually I'll get back to the other one again. <laughs> go for it, Nicole. I was going to say, you know, I kind of feel the same way sometimes about, well, what am I supposed to be focused? Like, do I want to focus on this or do I want to focus on that? And, and I, I let that stop me a lot of the times because the confusion comes in and the doubt comes in. And, and so like, I really don't take action anywhere. And so, um, but 
when I am being more loving and compassionate with myself, I realize that um, I work on something until I've gotten what I need out of that, at that point, gotten it to that level. And then maybe I'll go work on something else, but it's not like I'm losing what I gained in the other area. I'm now carrying it with me. Um, and I kind of feel like it's, you know, been guided. I got to where I needed to be and for the next stage. And so now it's time for me to go do something else. And when I come back to the other thing, it's not like I'm starting over. Um, you know, everything that I've learned, everything that I've harvested is there just waiting for me. And, um, yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like, um, it's kind of a, I think it's Barbara Sher or something who, um, did coin the term like scanner, like you scan from different things. But and a lot of times we feel guilty about that. We feel like it's a failure, like, okay, well now it's time to move on to something else. And I wasted all this time. And, but it's really not, it's that we've gotten to where we need to be in that area. And so now it's, we're being guided to do something else and we'll come back to it if we need to. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the self-love um, that comes up a lot for me. And I think that that for, for me, that's one of my biggest focus this year is to, to love myself where I am and, and just to be okay with how life is and, and to not be so focused on doing rather than just being in, in whatever it is that I am doing. I tend to be more of a doer rather than just being. So uh, I, I, for me, I, I'm feeling in my heart that it's that self-love that's going to be a big part of my year this year. It's just learning to love myself and to be in acceptance where I am, like in my body and not feel like I have to keep on searching for a new remedy to take care of the symptom and just be in acceptance of where I am and, and just keep healing from, from healing the thoughts in my mind. Yeah. Beautiful. Other comments on this or anything? Yeah, Linda. Yeah, we were talking about in our group um, about um, revising and revisiting our letter throughout the year. And um, Diane and I both um, read our letters uh, pretty regularly throughout the year last year. And um, she was saying she she made revisions and. I didn't make any revisions in my letter last year, but um, in going through the um, the workbooks, because I'm redoing some of the work that I did in the workbooks, I would read it and I would do this for my letter too. <laughs> if I read it and I find the same thing, but I would read it and I would go, oh, you were just writing down a bunch of spiritual stuff that sounded good. You know, that's not exactly where you, that's not what you really were looking for. You were just writing down something that sounded really spiritual and pretty. And um, so I was like skimming the surface and not going really deep into what it really was that I was um, desiring to bring forth. So um, I'm going to commit to myself to uh, read this letter 
um, on a regular basis again this year. And if there's any of that going on, <laughs> I will be revising it throughout the year. And I felt too also that um, I mentioned that um, I, I like that Jennifer likes us to email these letters to her so that she can look at them um, when we have our one-on-ones and how I can look at the letter then and say, okay, you know, maybe these things really, I had shifts in all of these things, um, but not so much in this one. So I can redirect my, my focus um, to, you know, look at that a little bit closer and see what I can do, you know, what I can heal, what blocks I can release in that area of, um, of my life. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Diane. Um, thanks, Linda, and everybody for your shares. Um, and it really brought to my mind, I did share this in my group, that my letter last year, sometimes I felt was a little bit focused on how I would like things to look as opposed to how I would like to feel about them. And so I do want to make revisions on my letter last year and pull it forward and really really get more towards the feeling content of these categories. And one of the things last year for me was just around work. And um, I felt that I did have a lot of success in that area and that nothing really changed in the manifest world at all with my work. It's exactly the same. But how I feel about going to work, being with my colleagues, being with my clients, I would say that's really changed a lot for me. Just, And that's what I, I would like to see more in my own life is, is how I feel about these issues, like, you know, my creativity and whatnot. I'd like to see how I feel about them change. Um, and so that's what I'm going to do is another big revision on my letter from last year. And I did, as Linda said, I did revise it throughout the year because I, I found it very helpful to read the letter as much as I could remember. I went through periods of last year where I read it every day and then I went through periods where I kind of forgot about it and didn't read it. But when I was, periods where I was reading it every day, it was so helpful because it helped me to refocus on the larger picture of um, my attempts with the Holy Spirit to try to change how I'm feeling about things as opposed to how I'm really viewing them and experiencing them in the world. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. Other comments? Well, I'll jump in and say that I, unlike Linda, who judges herself for being too spiritual, I feel too in the world in my letter because uh, I do like, to, there are a few things I'd like to happen in the physical world and I can't deny that I'd like them to happen. I can't make them happen and I can't um, get attached to them happening and set myself up for some disappointment but I do have things in the world that I'd like to experience and so that's where I find myself sometimes learning the that I'm in the world saying things I'd like in the world 
and um, some of Jennifer's teachings have encouraged me like um, you guys who are just new to Masterful Living you'll get to have classes with her teacher uh, Dahani Oahu and it's quite an amazing experience and she often says in her lectures uh, where would you like to be in th three days three weeks three months what would you like to experience so I've always I'm still learning how to be masterful around co-creating with spirit this unlimited nature and yet uh, keeping my focus to be helpful to me and I guess unattached so that's where I find myself is that I get excited to say this happened and this was amazing and then this happened and and I judge myself for being too worldly so I'm just gonna be honest say that so in my letter I probably went to England and had cream tea that's my big dream okay so if it's not this year and then if I don't say it maybe I won't win the trip or someone won't sponsor me no, <laughs> but but in the trip to England is freedom and this feeling. You know, there are the qualities, the spiritual qualities present. Uh, and I don't need to know how or when. It's just I'm putting it out there that I'd love to go. I'd take the chance. I'd be a joyful England tourist. So that's what I'll say. Yeah, um, it was interesting as you were saying that because I was thinking about um, the things that were in my letter that like are things I'd want to see in the world, but I kind of looked at it like, um, but the more about releasing the block that's holding me back from seeing that in the world. Like I talked about having my house like decorated and my landscaping done, and 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 it's something that. Um, I've never done, like, I felt like my whole life from house to house to house has, you know, never been decorated in a nice house. But, and I think a lot of it is about, um, for me, you know, like actually decorating and having a home, like an adult and not like a way station. And so I think, you know, I think the block is in there somehow <laughs> and to be willing to give up that block, whatever that is, so that I can see have the landscaping come and the decorating come or the trip to England or whatever it is. But the reason that I'm wanting, to, wanting it and yet not having it, there's some kind of block there. So for me, that's, you know, what it's about is being able to willing to give up that block, whatever it is that I may or may not know. That is so helpful to me. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. You know, when you were talking, I was thinking a lot about my childhood. We, we moved every two to four years. And I went to so many schools. And um, I guess I just thought that was just how life went. So when I got to be an adult, I did the same thing. I just, oh, go here, do this job for a while, go somewhere else. And, and what one I think I was in my 30s that I think maybe mid 30s I thought you know I, I recalled always saying yeah well when I get to this point or when I get married or when I you know get 
something tangible, that's when I will start my life. Right now, I'm just temporarily here. Um, everything was uh, temporary motions, you know, temporary apartments or houses, temporary boyfriends or, you know, um, places to live, cities. Everything was temporary. But in my mid-30s, I, it hit me. Wait a minute. This, this is my life. This is how I'm showing up right here, right now. And for the last 35 years, um, this isn't temporary. This is the, what you experience is what you experience. And that's all you're ever going to experience is this moment. And so that was my big aha moment to accept wherever I was as this is it. Um, this is my beautiful home. This is, I didn't have kids at the time. I, you know, it's like, I have to ready myself for that next level of my life in here before and here before um, I could be open to actually having it. I was so in temporary mode. Um, so I just, I kind of think about, you know, like you, you know, never um, gardening or never getting my garden set up or my, my house painted the colors I wanted. You know, I quit that and I just said, okay, I don't care if I'm in an apartment and I'm not supposed to paint that wall is going to be blue or whatever. And I just started doing one little step at a time. Maybe it has to do with, um, we are always reaching outside us for happiness. And um, the older I uh, become, I said the right word for English, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but the more clear it becomes, that's, that is not, that's what makes me happy. It doesn't mean that I don't want anything uh, worldly, of course, of, of, I think it's of course, I do. But um, you always want, I always wanted more from this, more from that. And when I had it, I was not satisfied. And then there was a different point. And it goes on and on. And on a certain point you discover um, that's not what makes me really happy. And then you start looking for what, what, what makes me happy. And I'm still looking, looking for that. <laughs> but it, it, it's, uh, for me it was a uh, very, uh, how do you say it, um, important to discover that not the, uh, the clothes or the furniture or things like that or holidays. That's not what makes, what makes me happy. What makes, makes me still happy is when I am uh, connected, really connected with my, my friends, my children. And uh, yeah, I, 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 that, that's um, also worldly maybe, but it's, uh, I think it's, it's a little different from a, a different uh, point of view, in my opinion, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I I have I have a very uh, I told you before I ha I have a sister, and she was like a film star. She was really a beauty. I couldn't reach it. <laughs> it's really and you I always wanted to be like her, but it's not possible. So, and then there came a point uh, that I discovered what what what's the stupid <laughs> but um, it took much time yeah, yeah. thank you okay <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I um, move. <laughs> no, you can't okay. sing. <laughs> That's how how it feels. Things like that. It's um, yeah. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. Go ahead, Linda. So I'm like hearing this um, connection between what Diane shared and what Lori shared and what Betty shared, where we're, it's so helpful to focus on being happy and grateful for what we already have. And that is what I feel allows me to open myself up for whatever else I would like to feel or see made manifest in my life. The, when I can change my own mind about how things are in this moment, because that's always been my ego's um, biggest drive is things should be different than they are, or I should be different than I am, or other people should be different than they are. Um, when I can become really grateful, like really authentically grateful for everything exactly as it is so that I'm not reaching and grasping for something different to be here, that's when I will open myself up to, you know, possibilities I can't even imagine. So thank you guys all for sharing that stuff. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I remember being with Jennifer for just a few hours in one day and um, as part of one of the spiritual counseling retreats. And when she said it probably a millionth time that the most satisfying thing is to be in our loving heart. That's the most satisfying experience we can have. It really was one of those times where I said, <sighs> and I could really feel it. And, um, 
And even in my mind, it feels true. I, it feels like my mind doesn't argue with that. Uh, it's just the monitoring of the thoughts and what's motivating me and whether I'm feeling I have enough or I'm lacking, you know, where my mind is and being in my loving heart. See, then it's like for Betty, that connection word has always been so important to me. And I think from being in my own loving heart is the deepest connection I can feel to anyone. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, anyone have anything else? We've done a lot of homework this weekend. <laughs> We're going to need to go have some fun. Not that this isn't fun. This is deeply meaningful to me. But the computer staring back at me. I'm like getting tired of it. <laughs> but anything else anyone would like to share or say to support yourself in any way or anything you'd like to ask, we'll give some moments for that. Yes, we have someone on the phone. Would you like to share? Uh, this is Karen. Hey, Karen. <laughs> uh, I don't know what of my last attempt to share went through, but my phone went dead, so I'm back. Welcome. <laughs> I want to uh, thank everybody for this call. Um, the parts that I've been able to participate and listen in to have been just really, really profoundly uplifting, and I'm so grateful for everybody's willingness. And um, the only thing that I was thinking of sharing back then, I don't know how far it got in before the phone went dead, but it was really just how helpful it is for me to have these calls, um, to have um, your facilitating Angela, which is quite beautiful and quite um, guided, and um, to um, just grow in my willingness to use the tools that are available to us, however we're called and guided to use them, to um, move forward in awakening to the truth of who we are. And um, yeah, so I want to thank everybody for showing up and sharing. That's it. Thank you. You know, just before this call, I spoke with someone who just joined Masterful Living, and he's an older man, and just the place where he is, not to judge or compare it, he was challenged to get on Zoom, and it's bringing up all this anxiety, and it just makes me realize, too, that we're here, we can be here, we're, we want to be here, we're able to be here, is quite a privilege, in fact, that our mind isn't resisting that we're here or busying us with other things. And it just makes me think to really extend this out to all people in our community who may just have a lot more resistance in their way. And uh, so very soon we'll have prayer partners happening and you don't know, maybe your prayer partner is just less inclined to show up and having more difficulty and that we just, we don't judge it or think they need our help or our prayers. But I just felt very deeply that we really genuinely share the benefits of this because it's such a privilege that we're choosing it. Because some of us have been here for five years and this is where we'd rather be than, <laughs> you know, 
and uh, some people are really feeling the upward climb of the difficulty of their resistance so keep them in our prayers and yeah anybody else final words thoughts questions okay so um, your question there brings up something that I'd like to share and that is um, I'm going today uh, to a women's interfaith alliance where women from all different religions and spiritual paths are coming together here in Oklahoma City and it's such an uplifting experience and we're talking about the, the um, concept of hope and so in my preparation we each are given two or three minutes to share from our own perspective about this topic and uh, last time when we shared um, it was evident very quickly that regardless of what spiritual path or religion people are, are following um, that these these spiritual principles are pretty much the same from one to the next, they might have a different flavor or color or something like that, but essentially they're the same. So I was thinking about hope and I thought, I wonder what A Course in Miracles says about hope. I don't really remember hope. And so I went to the concordance and I have found like over maybe 150 references to hope. And so I found um, uh, one lesson, lesson 129, I think it is, that, or one, yeah, 121, uh, forgiveness is the key to happiness. And in it, hope is mentioned many, many times. And what I am finding, my own understanding, is that these calls today remind us to tap into hope. And hope is, in my understanding, kind of the precursor of trust. And I remember when Jennifer had a class on that concept, that rather than saying, gosh, I hope you get better, which seems to have an element of doubt, that we say instead, you know, I trust that you are moving along exactly as you are meant to move along and your recovery will come. And of course, you don't always say that to everybody, but you all understand what I'm saying. And I thought, isn't it fun to have hope together, to join hands on this and to grow in our willingness to trust. And then with that comes the faith. And um, so that's what I wanted to share. I'm feeling a great deal of hope today, a lot of trust and an immense amount of faith that this is all unfolding for our highest and best. Thank you, Karen. It's beautiful. Well, I don't know if we're going to have future homework classes. They may start to take a different form. Um, you might have heard us talk about study buddies and other group. So we're, we're talking about that this week, actually, the team and how we're going to roll out study buddies. But you've got lots of other um, opportunities to gather. So those of you in the mastery circles, that's another place. Uh, prayer partners are coming soon. And then study buddies will be another opportunity to join like this and actually kind of talk around either something in the workbook that you're, yeah, something in the workbook that you're deciding to go through together quite like this. So there's a lot coming. So just stay tuned. And again, you'll always hear things repeated and repeated and emails and emails when it's happening. So don't feel like you're missing out. Um, so that's, it's exciting, but I just want to thank you all for coming. I've so enjoyed doing this. I told Jennifer it's like so fun. So if we can do this more, hopefully. Um, yeah. So thank you again for your time, for your presence and your sharing. And uh, anyone feeling moved to pray us out? Bless us.
Go for it. Thank you, Linda. I always like to wait a long time and give somebody else the opportunity, but I love to pray. So placing my hands on my heart and taking that deep breath of love and gratitude. So grateful for this opportunity to come together to go deep into this work. So grateful for the beautiful sharing, the deep listening, holding space for each other. Grateful for our willingness, our dedication and devotion to shine the light on the blocks to love. Grateful for Jennifer for creating this curriculum for us so that we can live these teachings instead of just paying them lip service. We're grateful to know that we are having a healing right here and right now. That all that we desire and in ways that we can't even imagine is already coming to us. And we are open and ready to receive it. We're grateful for all of our teachers, including our families and friends, our coworkers, our clients, all of our loved ones who've transitioned before us, and the whole company of heaven, our elder brothers and sisters, ascended masters, archangels, angels, and saints. We're grateful that they have surrounded and supported us during this call and that they will continue to guide us through our days. And we're grateful that we get to share the benefits of this healing and expansion with everyone because we are one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Angela, for showing up today. Thank you. Thank you. And Betty stayed the whole time. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye